What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you an inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got some gentlemen of Extraordinary League. Guys, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, please. What's up? What's up, people? What's going on? It's your boy, Troy Brooks. I'm back in the building. You a trainer, Corey? Speak to me. You got K.R. Jones is in the building. That's right, folks. We back with the full team. Full court press is in the building. And we're going to kick this thing off. Now, this is going to drop on Monday. So that means that I need you to look at your little calendar for next week, Friday, on the 12th. We already dropped a couple hints for this Catalyst conversation. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the, in the place to be. NYC, wherever you are, near or far, everybody in Sri Lanka, go out and book that ticket right now. <laughs> now. Up, right now. Off the strength is invading Soho. Yeah, we are. We pulling up. We taking over. Absolutely. OTS is running this wellness. It is. That's what we covered it for. Woo, woo. Next week, Friday, 6 p.m., everybody, it's going to be Off the Strength Presents Catalyst Conversations, where we're going to spark the minds of the movement leaders of tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to have the pleasure to hold court with mm-hmm. some champions. And mm-hmm. we already got a man who's got a banner in the building, so you know it's got to be crazy. How That's y'all true. feel about I'm that? I'm feeling ready, man. First live show? No, 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 no. We still like Excited. First live show? Live. Let's go. Let's get it. Live and direct. God, let's we go. <laughs> get the people what I they want. I might pull up shirtless, just cutting off. Do off the Chest out. <laughs> and, then put a shirt, and then put a shirt on at the establishment. You got to exactly. check the weather. You got to check the weather on that. Pop a tag off yeah, right man. there. You about right to just now. really own this celebrity business and just not yeah. wear shirts no more. Just, just cause. Yeah, man. I'm out. <laughs> Real here. celebrities don't wear shirts. Yeah, no shoes, no shirts. Exactly. Nah. We're just pulling exactly. up. That's how we're trying to move. So make sure you check out the <laughs> links that we post up. Please sign up today as soon as you hear this, because I'm sure the house is going to be packed. We're trying to move all of NYC. Now, before we get yeah. into the show, I'm sorry, I started off a little excited because, you know. <laughs> It's a monumentous occasion. Not a lot of people get yeah. to this space, guys. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Um, happy to have everybody back in. My fault, Kai. I mean, to cut no, you off. No, man. Do you, brother? Do go you? Ahead, go ahead, man. No, I just, nah, said we, we just out here Get all this energy units. out, brother. Get all this yeah. energy yeah. out. No, I'm trying, I'm trying to take over. You know? That's no, what the takeover. The break's over. Exactly. <laughs> break's over. <laughs> Game over. Trying to let them know. That's how you're putting the pressure on everybody. Yo, you're doing a wellness podcast. I'm like, you know, you hear those footsteps. Yeah. It's time. It's time. You got it. One foot on the back of your neck. <laughs> you still with this foot thing? Hey, God's hey. still trying to figure out how to put uh, his foot behind man. his own head. <laughs> this is a wild <laughs> sit-up. <laughs> That'd be a wild poster, though. I don't know, man. I don't It'd know if they're ready poster. for that. Hey, man, we just got a stomp on them. You Coming to mean? a billboard near you. <laughs> Young Jones is back in the space. Kyle Franklin stomping out here, man. Y'all here. What's up? Kyle trying to come through with the ankle necklace. Just yeah, put the- he got it. He got it. He got it for you. It's cool. <laughs> madness madness is ensued that's what happens when we spend too much hey, time man, apart hey man speaking of, of March Madness I want this to go on record Michigan State going win I can't tell you that I was invested in anything that was going I'm on I'm not either I'm madness, just but... I just wanted to be to be heard that when this drops on Monday y'all know that I said it on Friday you foresaw this you yo, saw it happening mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Hofstra yeah <laughs> word yeah, lying pride Hofstra. all day <laughs> yo let's go Hofstra the let's art program they put, yeah that's what I was about to say they got something going on over there Hofstra's wild man Delphi shout yeah. out to Adelphi they doing it I went there for a little bit <laughs> Kyle's, Kyle's a time traveler yeah we, oh, we yeah. solidify that he is we know that he travels he is the black male version of 11 from Strange Things. Yeah, yeah, the dude. Is- he said Michigan State was going to win. He didn't say what year. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go ahead, pull up the newspaper, see what's going on with this. Man. Like, I was talking about eighty four. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on, guys? How we been this week? What's moving around? How y'all feeling? You know, everybody's back in the space. We coming off a little bit of a heavy week, but we back in here, so we trying to shine. You know, you guys got anything that you want to let listeners know about that you was up to in these Yo, fitness streets? So just out here, um, just got back from Charleston. If you have never been definitely just want you guys to put that on your bucket list of places to go domestically just a very very beautiful city a lot of a lot of history to it um good and bad but it's a beautiful beautiful city and amazing food so if you're out here if you've never been there definitely put on your list of places to go and watch out for the fucking fire ants out there mm, got you yeah mm, hard but man ankle look like a crunch bar right now yeah it looks like Nestle crunch out here though. <laughs> <Problematic>. straight up <laughs> ankle look like braille look like granola ankle out here <laughs> Look like a kind bar. Tragic, man. <laughs> Look like studio walls. <laughs> nuts. nuts, nuts, nuts. Yo, yeah. Anybody else have anything going on? Man, uh, I got I got a massage coming. I'm just excited for that, man. You know how oh. as like you know how we always talk about how we 
we always have to focus on our own practice. Like, as a massage therapist, like, I do not get enough massages. Yeah. I do not yeah. do enough self-care. I'm mad excited about getting this You should, bro. This. Just don't go to the Ritz-Carlton because they fucked up my shoulder on my birthday. Damn, you know that. Yeah, that was wild. Ouch. She was like, I've been in the game 10 years. Well, get out. Threw her elbow on my terrace mine. Yeah. I couldn't get my arm over my head the next day. No bueno. Got that credit, though. There we go. I'm not Just don't go back for it. <laughs> I'm going to get a facial. I ain't going to get back another facial. She might put your, her elbow in your face. She was different. The other one was on, yo, I got the facial too. That was fire. Off the okay. Mm-hmm. Never had a facial. <laughs> Let's just stop the facial conversation. I know where this is going with these cats. Let's I'm move on. Moving right on. Right. No, no. Let's move on. Yo, Jones, I was what was you doing? Doing that. Hey, man, I got a PSA right here, right? Uh-oh. So the weather's getting warmer. I'm back out here on two wheels, right? I'm going to need all my listeners, all everybody in here, respect the bike lane or you're getting hit. If you ain't on two wheels, stay up out that lane. If you ain't on two wheels, you're getting hit. Fam, I was riding the other day in Bowery. This dude had his stroller on the bike lane. I, oh, you was about to take the kid out? I gave him the That wouldn't be the first gave time. Gave him the tap and kept it moving. Like, yo, fam, yo, this ain't for you. Realistically, you know? we do have a high population. Like if we, you know, yeah. you might not want to just leave your strollers out there. Yeah. I'm That's just sad. saying. I'm not condoning that. You <laughs> <laughs> so can't I, have that happen. Get out here. the bike I'm lane. I'm just going to say I'm not parenting like him. I'm not <laughs> out here putting strollers in bike lanes. That's so. what I'm saying. Like, yo, what are you <laughs> doing? Yo, he needs to listen to this podcast he so he get his life together. Life I, hope, yeah. I hope this reach him. If you out there, you know what you know what's up. You it's know a liability. I mean? can't why, yo, that. speaking of warmer weather, why are we doing this? Let's go ahead and talk about these feet. Nah, nah. Protect your feet. Protect your feet. Protect your feet. This is New York City. Don't be out here with the toes out and just try to walk in the in the indoor spaces with your toes out and inspect with the hammer. Everyone to see that crusty foot, that foot that I'm collected all in New York City all day. Oh, that is. Yeah, it got a little warm out here. Now you got New York City under your toe beds. Like chill out. Like you look like you got volcano ash. Yeah, out of your shit. Mm, no, like you out here kicking barbecue pits. Soho. Stop kicking barbecue pits. Walk around the streets, man. <laughs> Need to get them re- refresh wipes up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Step your wife Like game. your foot been marinating all day. You're going to walk around in the house, Listen, man. Make sure your feet is not ripped or ripped up. Speaking of ripped, can we get into ripped from the headlines? I want to get into that, but I ain't even tell people what I was doing, man. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> this is getting crazy out Everybody here. I'm just trying to pull in. it back in. I, I appreciate what you was doing, Troy. But before I jump into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the sports docs that have been coming out because I think that they've been all over the place but it's you know when you get into that space where you get in a little rut physical activity wise yeah. and you gotta watch some you gotta get your rocky moment on and watch some stuff so I got I checked out a couple of different docs that really made me want to pull back up into the gym in a different way first I love LeBron shut up and dribble on Showtime I don't know if anybody got to check that out I didn't get the peep that yet he definitely hits you with all of the activist movement throughout the history of what uh, the NBA was they mm. talked about Abdul Rauf. Um, That's my guy, my yeah, Abdul Rauf. Yeah, he was going through all the people that was standing up and talking at yeah. times where it wasn't beneficial to them and able to make some type of impact. So I love that. Uh, yeah. I had to shout him out for that. And again, the way that they tied it together, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it because it, it takes his narrative that LeBron is on his front line for real. For nah, real. he's not playing around. Yeah. He's got the foot on somebody's So neck. much respect. He's missing Definitely. shots on the court, but everything he doing <laughs> off. <laughs> he's not missing. In case you haven't <laughs> noticed something, in case you haven't noticed something, like this is, this is an interesting thing when you talk about the LeBron narrative. Have you noticed how the LeBron narrative had drastically changed? Yeah. As soon as he started really trying to make these moves, as soon as the Anthony Davis thing came out and then people and then LeBron started making public where his real understanding of as far as the the rights in the community and speaking up against things and, and his level of activism increased. Yeah. All of a sudden he's not the greatest player in the world. All Man. of a sudden people have all these negative mm-hmm. things to say about mm-hmm. nobody wants to play with him all the time. Mm-hmm. No one has heard an NBA player come out and say nobody wants to play with him. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like some of the some of the commentators start the saying locker things. room talk. Yeah. yeah. It's always That's someone exactly with some inside is. scoop. But meanwhile, these players are constantly yeah. talking. These players are talking, they're tweeting. No one has seems to have actual beef with LeBron as a no teammate, but everybody no has something to say. Yeah. Nobody had anything to say about all these other agents making these moves until Rich Paul started making different moves. And it's it's really interesting how as soon as there's a little bit more, let's say, power in, in men of color or people of color, whenever there's a little bit of activism involved in your athleticism, all of a sudden you stop being the greatest. All of a sudden other people, the man's still dropping like 27, 7, and 7. Yeah. Oh, he's falling off. Like, Nah, but he did wild out a couple of times, though. So 2 chains giving him a chain on the court, kind of a wild flagrant move. <laughs> it's like, that's a power move. Him having AD on his show while they're speculating that he's trading for AD is a wild flex, too. <laughs> so, But there's also, there's, there's, there's also 
no one is at, there's never been an environment where people had this kind of access before. Yeah, that's so, my point. So, yeah, that is a wild thing to do, but two chains is boy. And grandstanding is a thing that NBA players do. NBA players have been doing wild stuff on the sidelines. It just hasn't been necessarily highlighted as heavily. It, but no one was talking. LeBron been doing little wild little reaches here and there, but it, no one said anything until the activism side picked up. Then all of a sudden, all this negative commentary started happening. LeBron was known as like the the choir boy athlete who never got in trouble, never had a scandal, never had beef, never had anything. And then all of a sudden the activism steps up and now there's a lot of negative narrative yeah. about him. I think the underpinnings have always been there. And if you watch the documentary, you'll see that even from the beginning, that was always something that had that that contrast because he at a very early age knew how powerful he was. And that that is demonstrated in the shut up and dribble kind of space. Oh, yeah. um, I would most definitely recommend that everybody check that out to see what the actual narrative is coming down that line and i like the inspiration that he's bringing out to everybody inside the league to try to start their own kind of steps because you're seeing a lot of players start to move outside there which is something that brings me to ripped from the headlines <laughs> now we're getting into the show all right so folks first up uh something that i saw that is a direct spinoff from what LeBron is doing is KD is now trying to jump into this content lane. So Kevin Durant is Stop coming it. out with... Why are you mad at KD? Because he don't brush his hair, fam. Kevin Durant is coming out with <laughs> the boardroom. He needs to come out with a brush and some, some sporting waves. Uh, Folks, I'm going to tell you that Kyle is speaking from an ill-informed position because the boardroom <laughs> is going to be something that enlightens more than just what people are looking at to <laughs> for what KD is doing on the court. He's talking with first-round investors from all the different Silicon Valley companies um, and showing NBA players the value in putting money back into the system when they have this highlight on them. And one of the first people that was on the show is LeBron James. So it is most definitely coming in a direct line from what all of Undisputed is doing. Now he's setting up other people to kind of do the same things and look at who's on the EP creds, look at who's getting all the rest of the stuff. This is our people creating wealth if I shine, outside in different shine, spaces. Baby. It's yeah, also man, real funny how that big narrative about LeBron James and Kevin Durant supposed to be having beef. That's yet exactly you always my point. see them yeah. moving in the yeah. same circles yeah. completely. Yeah. Listen, man, like, idle time is the devil's playground is boredom, man. People yeah. people ain't got shit to do but but make things up. You know, for the sake of having stupid conversations. Yeah, man. Right. The, the, the one good thing I will say, well, not the one good thing. Obviously, it's a great thing to see our people moving and taking some some ownership of yeah. their power. But um, the other thing is doing is it's great for basketball. Yeah. Because the offseason is interesting. Like, you really don't know who's going where. When was the last time you talked about the Knicks to a person who wasn't a huge Knicks fan? Yeah. Like yeah. for real, yeah, like yeah. you actually, there might be some players going. Like the the conversation about the NBA has become far more interesting because players have a little more power, yeah. and now you know players aren't trapped. You're not looking at teams going, "Well, that team's going to be trash forever because they're never going to move this dude." Now that things are moving, and yeah. that that it added an element that an element in the off season that happens in the NFL that didn't happen in the NBA before, and it made the NBA more interesting off season. Mm -hmm. Very for dope. Uh, shout out to Kevin Durant. I mean. I think uh what you come really influenced that uh what's his name? Uh Iggy. Uh what's Andre, Andre Iguodala? Yeah, okay. he was, he was heavy in that tech space for a lot. Everybody on Golden State is well I mean, invested in Silicon there. Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm they saying. They are very there well to be invested. a huge miss if they did. I mean, you are sitting in Silicon Valley See, that's and you make quite a bit of coin. Yeah. You might so, be right over the bridge with to capitalize yeah. on that in some, you know, some capacity. Kevin Durant started his 35 Ventures uh company in 2013. Gotcha. And since then, he has invested in companies like Postmates, like Acorns, uh, and Overtime, uh, and Coinbase, uh, Coinbase, I'm sorry. These are companies that have had well into multiple millions of evaluations as mm. his pastime income, right? Mm. And now he's actually showing with this show how he was able to take these people who were sitting on the court side and have a real action-based conversation with them and talking about creating generational wealth and seeing where that's going to go. Oh, yeah. And it. for it to be launched on ESPN+, Plus, which is their new platform that Disney is getting into this content platform mm -hmm. game. They're trying to move into that uh, space that Netflix is occupying and all the rest of that stuff. To see that these are the shows that they're putting out first, which LeBron also has a show on this network, too. So look at who they're going to moving. to kind of move this kind of stuff. Moving. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be something that you guys should definitely pay attention to going forward. You know, um, the opportunity to get a brush. 
I don't know why Kyle is still mad at KD Yo, because listen, Yo. this is why I'm mad. I was watching the game last night. Uh, they Look at where playing, our priorities are. They, they were playing the Lakers last night, right? LeBron was iced out on the bench, for real, like three Lions. But KD went to the foul line. You know, when they did that close-up, and you got the high, the HD TV, the high yeah. definition, and it zoomed in on this little yarmulke patch right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you say yarmulke patch, fam? Yeah, you know, you know, like where we typically about the, the, sit. The cul-de-sac he, on the he, top. He pulled up with the roof yeah. missing. He pulled up with his roof missing. Convertible. Yellow off for that. I'm yeah, not here for no parts. Of I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Katie, you, you, you see me, right? I'm I'm bold because I fired it before it quit. Sometimes you gotta let go. You gotta Yo, know when to let go. You gotta solid, move on. Solid, fam. That's, I gotta, that's the that's the real situation. You gotta know when to move on, know when to let go. And I don't say, be a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Know yo, when to hold him. I gotta be honest. Know like, when to fold him. I'm a huge fan of KD as a baller. Obviously, like if yeah. you're not, you something's yeah. wrong with you. Yeah. Like the man has a game. Yeah. Um, I was never really on his haircut game. I just yeah. let it go. Yeah. I just I just let him do like, him. He need to let man. it go. I just let him do him, man. <laughs> hey. You know, I just, I just let the man do the way we're gonna do. He gotta get that Kobe, that that light, that light Caesar. He gotta get one of them or something, man. He playing himself. Kobe had some fails though. Of course he did. Yo, he's just not here for it, man. I celebrate that he just doesn't care. He's not, you know, that's he just, Jay Colin. He's not, yeah. He he's out here, Jay Colin, like, man. He's gonna pull up. He's just gonna pull up. You know, pull up and make some real moves. I'm not saying he got to get a cut. Steve, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs had the brush. Yeah, they never talked about the five hundred ones with yeah. the with the with the turtleneck. They wear one it uniform. Plenty. It's Yo. literally a yeah. uniform, but nobody care about that. Nobody but I, see, speaking of other stuff that people inside the valley are going through with that uniform kind of look, yeah. and you know, I saw um, who who's it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the main, um, the Jobs and the Zuckerberg that le- legitimately mm-hmm. come across with the same fit all the yeah. time. Another thing that's common amongst these CEOs is a complete and utter lack of empathy, apparently. So it was interesting to see that Torch, a company coming out of the Valley, raised $10 million to teach empathy to CEOs. This mm-hmm. is entirely what their platform is based off of. Um, and they talk about how in the age of the new e tech boom the second coming uh some of the characteristics of being a sociopath are celebrated a little bit more than they probably should and as these ventures start to branch out more and more we get into spaces where you get companies that are multi 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 billion dollar companies in some spaces that have leadership that is completely detached from what the human cost of operation is Mm -hmm. so in a way to jump in front of all of these catastrophic things that are coming down because you see all these guys get polished up and then they go testimony and they have to go, well, I don't know that I was hurting people. Like, people, people? I didn't understand where this was going. So you mean they're all people? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Torch is looking for a way to kind of circumvent that. So teaching empathy to literally the top people inside the country, what's the thoughts on how, one, this is going to be a major move for mental health, but then also, two, where this can have impact further on down the line. You guys got anything about that? I think um, all of us have had some experiences with either training or personally knowing or, you know, in business with um, some high-level CEOs. And there often is a social interaction disconnect. Like, there really is. A lot of times, especially when you start moving in certain circles as you move forward and you start to separate and classes start to develop and you start Mm -hmm. to break off and you only deal with certain types of people. And you can see that like when you get into different fields as a higher level, even in education, even in in music and different things, Mm -hmm. you get to like different levels of the 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 elite, the intelligentsia Mm -hmm. in whatever thing they're doing. And you can see that they don't see other people that aren't of their ilk the same way. So I think it's a great thing. I think it's a good thing. Whenever you can impart empathy in anyone's life, whenever you can get anyone to try to put themselves in someone else's shoes, their only good things can come from trying to get a higher understanding of people who are different than you, mm-hmm. regardless of what the circumstances, but especially people who have power. Because people who have power, obviously the people who are making decisions and influencing what's happening in our culture. And we can get all the masses to agree of course, but until we get decision makers to understand, we won't really make change. So I think it's a brilliant thing. These type A, uh, these these hedge fund managers, these CEOs, these 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 uh, these alpha type A individuals, I I like to see this happen. I'd like to see it actually go into play and see it be successful. Um, I I do I think it's really gonna be a super successful thing. Like some of these people are not receptive. They're gonna be like, nah, fuck that. 
This right. is my business. This is how we run shit. Yeah, here. and it's been celebrated <laughs> to be like that forever. You know, as a person who doesn't, I I can't tell you that investments in what um I'd say emotional intelligence yeah. are have been the easiest thing for me to come by because it's just not a natural thing for me. But I understand that it's an important thing in the world, so I have to go out of my way to make sure yeah. that I try to pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, it makes it a little bit. Like you have to do a relearning. So some of these verticals that they have are focusing specifically on that. How do you revalue what emotional intelligence would be? So they have workshops on things like communication, healthy workplace boundaries, how to manage uh, conflict in a healthy way, how mm. to be positively influential, and how to manage ego because ego is always going to be the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in, how do you separate insecurity and narcissism, uh, which all ties along in the lines of again if you go down this fortune 500 line you're going to see a little bit of, a little bit of both of those things happening Absolutely. very prevalently so i think about uh you remember when uh i think who was it? elliot wilson might have interviewed hove and then uh he sat down and they were talking about like how hove was being a father and he said one of the main things that he wanted to instill in blue and his kids was empathy like like just because we have all this, I still want you to have a human aspect behind it. Like I want you to emphasize with our cleaning staff or anybody that we have on staff so that you know like this is how you should be a good human, not mm-hmm. because you have all this money or you're entitled to this. I think that was really dope for him to do and I think for a CEO that that same type of mindset. Like I was always raised to treat the janitor and the CEO the same way. Like, you know what I'm saying? I might know the da- the janitor more because yeah. I might relate to him yeah. more. You get what I'm saying? So you always got to treat everybody the same. I love that about Jay. And I love that article. I mean, that um, interview, because that was where I kind of got my goal of how I want to parent my son. Like, I just don't want to raise a dick. Like, yeah. just that's right. if anything else is in the gray area. But if I could just raise you to be a decent human being, I've done my job. Yeah. That's got to be tricky when you come from some type of strife, but you're setting up, hopefully, that next generation to be have an easier existence. Right. So they almost don't have the same base start. Right, you want to build that up, and I would imagine that that's got to be something that you kind of have to. You got to give them some. They have to have some kind of. They have to have some form of adversity, but obviously their level of adversity is going to be different. Champagne problems, man. Yeah, (laughs) that's what they call it. Seriously. Well, one of of the things I've always paid attention to, and especially as we've talked before about trying to be a good man, is making sure that I don't forget people. So I always acknowledge every person I run into. Like I speak to them, I try to get their name, I try to talk to them and have a moment. And it becomes, it, 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 it's a natural thing at this point, but it becomes important. And it's really important to get people who don't normally do that to understand that because you can get disconnected from a lot of different, different groups. I mean, look how disconnected we are from homeless people. Like, you're on a train, you see a man sleeping on a train, you don't think about the fact most of the time that that's a man. Like that's a human being who whatever circumstances happen has him sleeping on a train. You're like, oh, that dude smells, oh, he's messing up my days, rocking my community, taking up three seats. And that's the thought you have, not the thought that this is a human being who doesn't have a place to sleep. The best place he could find to sleep was this train car. So every time you allow that separation to happen from from humanity you change your idea of empathy you change how you perceive people you change how you react to people and you separate yourself from the other side of humanity and that's for us being regular generally average people so imagine someone who takes a helicopter to work you know goes from limousine to limousine never really speaks to like the average people and is completely separated from like wait staff and things like that you don't see these things so it's very easy for them to disconnect from the rest of humanity and start making really callous decisions because they don't care about humanity because they don't see them the same way Yeah. yeah we need to bring that perception back even if it's just chiseling away even if it's just small steps because the idea and the attitude that came from these people deciding that like they don't need to be connected to society was built in society built this mm-hmm. we decided mm-hmm. no you keep driving forget everybody else like fuck everything get money we we taught that mm-hmm. so now we need to unteach it and it starts with small steps so i've seen people do the michael jordan steps. jump over homeless people yeah. that were looking for change just so they can get on the train seriously today i, I saw a homeless dude on the way here actually he looked like he had almost was at the, the parachute, you know, you, you did a sprint and parachute. Oh, yeah, with the back. With the back. Yeah. He had something on his back like that, and he was talking to himself, but we made eye contact. So I didn't, like, put my head down and nothing. I was like, what's going on, fam? How you doing? He 
bypassed me crazy. But the mm-hmm. point was, I acknowledged his existence on a real, yeah. on a real level. Like, yeah, that's a human being. We made eye contact. What's going on? How are you? He wasn't receptive, but I gave it a shot. That matters. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, man. Um, I think this touch of humanity that we keep trying to find is going to be a recurring theme all throughout the walks of life. And I would imagine that my good friend Troy over here has something to touch on exactly that sentiment in the crown down this week. What's going on, fam? How you guys feeling out there today? All right, today my segment is really literally um, short and sweet. I'm just going to touch base on what we were speaking about um, the last time that we pulled up for this thing that we do. And I was speaking about last time the, uh, the things that mentally strong people do and the things that mentally strong people don't do and um one thing that i wanted to focus on this is only honestly only one thing that i wanted to focus on today that uh that mentally strong people do they're willing to fail um they don't give up after failing and that they see every failure as a chance to improve and um obviously if you guys are not living under fucking rock you know what just happened to our brother nipsey hustle you know what i'm saying and he was speaking uh they had showed some old footage that i saw on instagram about him speaking about how he got to the level that he had gotten to before he was taken from us. And he basically, those were his sentiments exactly that him and people like him just don't stop. No matter what adversity, uh, what that fork in the road looks like, he just didn't stop. And what he said was, I felt every possible emotion that I could feel, but I didn't stop. And that shit gave me goosebumps because I think we've all been there in some capacity, right? Where like literally like your back is to the wall, but you got to kind of just keep it moving. Like, you, you know, like if you're dictated, if your life is dictated by your feelings, you wouldn't do anything, right? If you wake up with that, I, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like being the bigger man in my relationship. I don't feel like, you know, celebrating people who are doing good, even though my circumstances might not be the best. I don't feel like doing that. Then how do we ever cultivate a world worth living in? How do we ever seek or see real value in people? If you're like, you know what? I hear what homie's saying, but I, I, I don't really feel like letting him know that he's right. So I'm going to act like I'm, I'm going I'm to act like a jerk and I'm, and I'm going to continue to push into this beef. Now we're beefing about something and now I might kill this man when all I have to say is, you know what, brother, you will write my apologies and walk away. When do we start to see value in lives in, in people's lives, especially in our community as black men? Like I said, when do we start to really how can we ex- how can we expect people to to value and love and appreciate our lives if we don't do it ourselves? I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. That's not true. If we had to marinate on that for a moment. And that's really where we're at right now. And I'm upset. You know, and I didn't get to, I wasn't here. I didn't get to speak on that with you guys, but that shit hurt. And it, and it hit me and it upset me. And my energy hasn't been the same. And and this man that was taken from us is is pivotal, pivotal to the culture. Um, everything that he was doing. Um, you know what I'm saying? And listen, I love the music. I, I actually am a Nipsey fan. Um, y'all know that, but outside the moves that he was making outside for the culture, like we got it, we got to do better. We got to do better and we got to take accountability and it can't just be, oh shit, rest in peace, Nipsey. Oh, that was fucked up. There has to be a plan of action. We have to, we have to do better and we all got to do better. And that's, and, and if that's just you seeing another brother in the street who might look like he's mean mugging you or, or, or finds it awkward because you're making eye contact, you smile, you salute, and you keep it moving. Because that might just change his day and his perception of us, other black men. And then we're doing something. Those small micro dosages, things like that, that can just change things. That's really all I have to say, man, you know, and uh, and, and, and I just wanted to tap into that and, and just bring that awareness to what Nipsey was doing and how important this man was to our culture and how, you know, his his legacy has to continue. And like he said, it was a marathon and he's passed the baton on. So I guess the question that I could ask if I was to ask a question would be um, you men, you know, not knowing him personally, but definitely understanding the work that he had ahead for our culture how can you continue to pick up that baton and move things forward? I think that um, I was watching a bunch of this footage that came out through this week about uh, Nipsey in particular. Um, One interview that Al Sharpton did earlier uh, talked a little bit about how activism kind of 
in today's modern day idiom doesn't really know what to do in situations like this, right? So if it's somebody outside of the community doing something to you and taking that that life away that's precious and valuable, we're up in arms and we're ready and that voice is loud. I think it's important to be just as loud when it's coming from people that look exactly like you. Um, That is something that I feel it viscerally hits a little bit more because you know that this person was going to impact that very same neighborhood that this guy came from. So if we are going to be Black Lives Matter, we got to be Black Lives Matter across the board. No matter what. And we should carry that same level of energy into all of these situations, in particular when somebody from our own space is doing something that we we see the injustice in when it's coming from outside that community. Al Sharpton frustrates me. He does, but uh, he's been on the space for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my thing is, if, if, if this was a cop that had shot Nipsey, if this was mm-hmm. a white face that had shot Nipsey, his ass would have been out there oh, he was marching out there. in the trenches. Was he out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what he was talking about. So he was out there at the National Action Network, uh, okay. or I'm, I'm forgetting the exact acronym, but they were out there saying exactly this, that oh, that's we good. need to get that's a change. this same level of uh, space on there. And nobody's going to be perfect 100%, right? Not. Especially if you have the career that he has. I mean, this dude was getting beat back in the he's 60s. He's alive the illest yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, for so sure, for sure. I'm yeah. sure that he's taking hits that I can't even speak to because yeah. that's that's frontline for real. Yeah. You know, so are you going to have missteps? If that if your story arc goes decades of yeah. being yeah, 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 on yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to have missteps. Yeah. But just that in particular where, okay, let's put our finger on what we're actually saying. If, if this matters, then how much does it matter? Mm-hmm. How can we keep mm-hmm. that going across? Yeah. I think uh, a lot of stuff that I read about was... Um, just the person that he was, the character that he had, like that shopping center, everybody knew him in that shopping center. He employed so many different people. And I think that's really the start of it. It's not only do you have this vision and you continue to go and not quit, but it matters the people that you affect around you. Like the way that Nipsey is revered right now is because of his character, not yeah. because of anything else. Like people who haven't even listened to his music are feeling this you know so it it hurts people that have been following him even more but if your character can impact people that don't even know you then that means you're doing something right and i feel like that's what you have to continue to do is make sure your character is first you're treating everybody the same the empathy that we talked about everybody needs that respect knowing people's names pronouncing them right even if they are from another country like make that effort to say that name right to give them that respect and to treat that person well you know i think if uh, when you look at you know continuing the marathon so to speak um one of the things you can do as an everyday person is follow some of the examples that these these men are starting to pick up like a lot of these brothers are starting to do like what lebron is doing like what kd is doing and like what nipsey was doing where taking your individual wealth and reinvesting it in not only your family, but in your community yeah. and redefining the idea of legacy where a lot of times we look at our legacy as being our individual legacy, yeah. like being like what my children have, what my grandchildren have and expanding that idea toward what my people have, mm. you know, and making your legacy be involved in more than just your individual family, but be your community, yeah. be your people, be humanity, yeah. depending on how big your influence goes is how how many people you can affect with what you do. And sometimes just the example in itself is enough. You have to do activism is an, is a personal thing. So it depends on what you want to make and just being a good example, just being a good person is enough that it may influence someone else to go ahead and be a good person, mm-hmm. investing your wealth the right way and worrying about things that matter to people and to humans and to humanity, to communities rather than worrying about like what your individual things are, make a big difference in how you're perceived. And that example can affect someone else who can then steamroll that and make that bigger. There it is. Yeah. Yo, did y'all ever see uh, when he talked about the marathon store? So it was like one of the first like, like smart stores where you could take your phone and go and scan like photos and stuff in the store and it would pull up articles or you would get his new music. Like, if he wanted to release a song, he could send it directly to you. So you had that consumer, like, right to you. He's been on that wave for a minute. Yeah. I know. He's been on that wave like, since the mixtape day. Yeah. Who yeah. else was moving like that? Yeah. That has a, their own store, let alone a block. Like, yeah. So it's like you really 
have to pay attention to the movements and the things that he had in place to really understand how great he was and his mindset, you know? That's, he literally bought that whole block. Like, but that's, a, that's the point I'm speaking from. to. Like, yeah. so many of these rappers could do different things with their money. Like, cool. Oh, your ninth Rolls Royce. Dope. Like, but what have you done yeah, for yeah. you? You talk the hood. Scream the hood. Talk about the hood all the time. Talk about how you're from the hood. You won't leave the hood. Fix the damn hood then. Yep. Use some of this money. Do things. Yeah. So that's the main thing. Like, Nip dug his music. Got Nip tracks on, on my Spotify. I'm listening to Nip here mm -hmm. and there. Like, Yes, he's a dope rapper, but that's not the height of his importance. Absolutely not. The height of his importance is the man he he was and what he was doing and how he was setting up and the foundations he was creating and primarily the example he was. So all the rappers who were shouting out the nip and doing all the things, do what he did. Yeah. Take some of these dollars. Don't buy another chain. Buy a building. You know what I mean? Do reinvest. So look at look at look at rappers like Nip, right? Who probably studied the, the cadence and the behaviors of Pac and other people, right? So Pac said, "I might not, I might not change the world, but I might spark the brain that changes the world." Right. right. So Nipsey's now done that, right? He's created some of the work. He's built up this body of real work in the community. Now, unfortunately, through this trial and tribulation of him dying, maybe he sparked the brain of some of these young cats that are coming up to say, "You know what?" The way we were doing shit was wrong. Maybe I didn't need that knife, Rolls Royce. Yeah. Maybe I need to invest more money into my community. Maybe we need to pick up the baton and keep this thing going. So, you know, there is a, uh, un, it's an unfortunate curse, but the gift in this is hopefully he sparks some minds to create the kind of change that he was. Word. Yeah, man. And that's the life goal for everybody that should be seeking Just that success, like right? You to keep that baton being passed. Young Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, what's, what's going on? on? Can you extend on that inside of this lyrical exercise, my man? You know it. Um, what I want to talk about today uh, is one of my favorite artists ever in life. Um, is Marvin Gaye, right? And this is around the time of the not only his birthday, but when he passed. Um, a good song. You ever heard that... Uh, Raekwon had an album and he had a track called Marvin where he talked about his life. Of course. If you, that song was really dope. But I bring up Marvin Gaye because, one, I think he was gone way too soon. And two, um, my favorite album of his is the What's Going On album. So this album had mad pushback this out right now like this isn't going to land with the people and Marvin Gaye had to fight like tooth and nail to get him to put this album out and when you listen to it you can play it today right now and it sounds like everything that's happening in the world right now he talks about death he talks about wages and people not getting paid enough he talks about you know loving each other because that's what we need right and um, I bring all that up because Another one of his projects was just released like last week. And um, that project was called You're the Man. And when you listen to it, not only is it great, but it sounds like it was around that same time when the What's Going On album came out. So I feel like this was another album that either came shortly afterwards or they were going to go with instead of same type of feel, same type of vibe. And to hear it, music that's new to us in 2019 from one of my favorite artists was like a huge deal for me um and i just wanted to come in and highlight that just because the nipsey conversation that we're having is like yo what's really going on with the world you know like it just it really resonates deeply with me again and i'm a real believer in that if you don't revisit the past and it's just going to keep repeating itself right if you don't make that change then you know, you're just going to do the same thing over and over again. So I guess uh, my question to you, gentlemen, based upon that, is what are your what are your experiences you with Marvin Gaye? And, like, what tracks have really made a difference for you? For for me, honestly, the What's Going On album is hands down my favorite album. It is, I think, the greatest album that's ever been made. I think it's the most complete the most balanced you can go track to track and not even for a moment have to like pause anything about that album. Like it's just, 
it's just perfect. It's like a perfect, perfect album all the way, all the way through. Um, the I Want You and I Want to Be Where You Are, those are the type, those are the two songs that I can play and it'll change my mood. It'll like transcend whatever's going on. Like I can get past, you know, individual things that are happening and I can just get into those, those individual songs, get into those moments. That's not something that every artist is even capable of, you know? So my relationship with Marvin Gaye has always been like from the first time I heard it, like, yo, this dude, this is crazy. Like, how was he doing this? How was he giving me these completely relevant images in, 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 in these words, you know, because when you really hear good music, it creates an image. You almost like make your own music video as you're listening to the song. That video changes because it's applicable right now, just like it was applicable then, just like kind of what you spoke to. And that to me makes it so great, makes it absolutely like and it, it transcends time. Like it's it's good in any generation. It's good in any moment. I can always go to that. And it's always going to be to me like the, I would be hard pressed to even dream of someone being able to put together mm-hmm. something that's as impactful as that again. Very dope. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Marvin. Um, I idolize his style. I think he is definitely one of the most iconic when it comes to style. The red I remember, Scully. Yeah, so I actually got a red cashmere Scully from Club Monaco back in the day to kind of implement, implement his style. I actually put a photo of me in the jean jacket with the Scully next to a photo of him, like That's paying dope. homage to his style and, um, just his poise, his character, his demeanor, the way he moved. But he had a song called It's Too Late. And uh, It's Too Late came to me at a point in my life where I was at a dark place. I was in a long-term relationship. And the song is basically, he's talking about everything he did, everything, every attempt that he took at exhausting opportunities to give everything he had to this relationship. And then coming to a realization that it's too late. It's too late for you and me. It's too late for you and I. It's too late for you to cry. And the song is fire. I mean, the the melodic, the melody, the overtones, the 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 notes. It is just a very vibrant, rich song, and it's and it's a soulful song in a way that you just don't hear that today. Like I don't, I'm not really, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not here for any of this new stuff that that these people are doing because it's it's just like almost rap, R and B rap. Like there's no, there's not that many people that are just out here hitting notes and doing things as soulful as he is. There's some artists we can go all day about the artists, but I'm talking about. Just across the board, that sound was a wave, and um, I, I love what he does. And that song for me is a very, very, very dope song and a very special song. And I feel like again, Marvin is just this dude that it, it's generational, man. It's timeless, right? It's timeless. You're talking about the album and how it's it's current now. You know why it's current now? Because honestly, man, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that he's talking about's been happening and it's never stopped happening. It's just that because we have smartphones and cell phones, there's just there's a bigger focal lens focused on seeing those things now. Yeah. But but the band was saying, you know, it's it's been going on. He hit you with a lot on that. I like it as I don't know about individual tracks, yeah. um, but as a concept album. One of the first yeah. concept albums that I became familiar with, like end to end, he's talking about the same sentiment. Um, those are always the albums that I think make the most sense to me over that that story arc mm. that you're talking about, uh, Troy. Inside of that, you know, the picket lines, picket signs. He's one of the first people that I've heard in my community talk about climate change. He might not have had the word climate change there. But it was in that album. Yeah. If you go back and listen to it, he's talking about the, the every type of animal dying and the seas turning in different colors. It's like, okay, he's talking about the stuff that mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the 70s yeah. they they knew and we still haven't done shit about yeah. to this day. So as that single thought that had expression in multiple different ways, uh, yeah, what's going on is going to be something that is always going to be timeless, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Definitely one of those things you got to pass forward. To the next next oh, generation. Of course. I think uh, a, a huge part of it, too, is just music back then. People people were adults when they made it, right? They, they went through shit. So it's like you can speak on heartbreak and all of these other emotions because you went through it. When you listen to somebody who's making music and they're 22, you haven't done nothing in life worth me listening to yet. Like... I got pushed back against that, yeah. especially as you, well, the ages. You, you of king. all people. You of I know, all but people. I'm, you giving us ageism right now? You? But I'm saying, like, you, like, there, there's catalog. the anomaly. Look at his catalog. There's yeah. an anomaly in, like, a Nas that can give you an Illmatic or, like, a Mob Deep that can talk 
from their experience. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't grown up in that and you've grown up privileged and you're 22 and you're making music, I don't really, I can't resonate with that. Yeah. You know, I I hear what you're saying. I I think the big distinction may not necessarily be age or privilege. I think it kind of calls back to empathy and the idea that there's a callousness to the newer generation of artists. There's a lot of fuck it. There's a lot of I don't give a fuck. a lot of I don't care. There's not much talk about love. There's not much talk about interpersonal relationships, even in quote unquote love songs. It's much more about sex. I'm a fuck your bitch. Yeah. That's why. But it's much more on that. And that that is a very different direction than the songs that matter. I think right now the closest artist we have to Marvin, I think I've said this before, is Frank Ocean. Um, Frank Ocean talks humanity. He talks love. There are some artists who his, are doing his that. His last album, Blonde, was a little bit all over the place. But, he, but, I, I, love, but, I, but I, I love him. I love the I love way him. it was all over I, the place, I love, too. I love him. But I, just but think, I, I think that yeah. big separation comes from a lack of of immersion in emotion, a lack of understanding how you really feel. Because this, as our generations have gone for, further, they've gone further away from really understanding human emotion and speaking on it. And I think we're trying to get back to speaking on emotion. And I think as we do that, the music will improve. By the way, by the way, I think Leon Bridges is way closer to Marvin Gaye than Frank Ocean. I would even say Anderson, who we let in with. Yeah, Anderson. He even got the hat. Yeah, for real. Yeah, he definitely. There's a lot of people that's going. And I love Frank, but we got we gonna knock him down (laughs) on that list. Difference of opinion. Yeah, you know. Peace and much love to that whole space, wherever you was going, Mr. Time Traveling Ages Jones. I, I thank you for that. Hey, man. The young hater. Make sure you brush your hair people. and he don't want to hear what you got to say till you're 23. He's trying to make me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know where his brother's going, but I Damn appreciate it. Right. Wait, there. no, you got to be 24, I think, right? 24, 24 is where his cutoff is. What's the cutoff, What's the cutoff age? Hey, bro? man, at least get 25. I need a okay. quarter century in. <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I think it's more about experience than age. Just so y'all know, Jones is 26. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he just started mattering. It was like, as of last month. He wasn't even like, trying to hear that's why he got this. That's why he got so much bass in his tone no, right now. He that's why he can hit you with don't talk to me about last year. That's yeah. why he can hit you with don't talk to me about last year. I wasn't, I I'm wasn't in even a grown place. last year. I wasn't even grown last year. What are you talking about? He's in a different spot. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Corey, what you got on this mind sex this week? Man, I got some, I got some things for you. We're we going to keep on the same tip. We're going to stay right in the same mode. I'm going to put us in the same mode. Um, You know what? Don't even put on your glasses. Mm. I want you to close your damn eyes. Oh, shit. Take a sense away so you can really hear me. I need you to hear this. This is going to affect somebody. Someone is going to change from this. That's my goal in this. I want you to listen up and listen up properly. So I want to talk about the responsibility of privilege. There There is a definite and serious responsibility to having privilege. And we are people of color, especially men of color, forget that while we are the card-carrying members of a marginalized group, we are black um, here. But we also forget that we carry our own privilege within that. And um, the concept that you can easily transit from a person of privilege to an underprivileged person and back and forth simply based on the circle you were in isn't acknowledged enough. We forget about the fact that, like, let's talk about me. I am a black man. So for the most part of the time, I exist in a, in a white man's business world, and I'm in that concept, underprivileged, uh, marginalized, but I'm still a man. So I still have the privilege of my gender. I have the privilege of personally identifying with the sexual orientation and sexual identity that the current majority of society deems expected. So I have, I have that privilege, and privilege in itself is ammunition. Privilege is a way to continue a narrative, to continue a war, to fight a battle, to speak, to use your activism to assist and to build. So whenever you are a person of underprivileged, you identify as an underprivileged person, an underrepresented and a marginalized person, you have to understand that if you put yourself in the right circumstance, you have privilege. And you have to use that privilege in the moments that you have it to elevate others. A lot of times as black people, and I've run into this and I've had this discussion, I've had this argument many times. You can't be racist. You can't say racist things just because you're black. The idea that like you're a person of color, so you can't say racist things is crazy. The idea that you're a woman, so you can't be sexist is crazy. Like you have to understand that in every circumstance, there's a moment, there's going to be a chance for you to be a person of privilege, depending on who your circle is. Take advantage of that. You can also transcend some of the underprivileged moments that you have. You can, if you're underprivileged financially and you get financial wealth, you can choose to use that wealth to 
to elevate others, to balance and to bring up your community, or you can choose to look down on everyone who hasn't gotten a chance to make it yet. So you can sit back and you can snicker and you can say, oh, you're broke. You were broke last week. Or you can use that money and develop some things in your neighborhood and make a positive impact and take brokenness out of your inner circle. Take brokenness out of your neighborhood. Take underprivileged out of the area by using what little privilege you have to build people up. So if you want to talk activism, if you want to talk about what position you're in and how someone's holding you down, or you're being underrepresented or you don't have a voice in the second that you get a voice, use that voice for somebody else because someone needs more than you do. Someone is in a lower position than you are and someone needs elevation. And if you're going to sit and try to complain about not being elevated and you're not elevating yourself, then you're full of shit and you're part of the problem. So hear me. Listen to this. Use your privilege, use it widely, acknowledge it when it's there and have some empathy for those who don't have the privilege that you do. Understand that you're not always the bottom dog in this fight. Step yourself up a little bit. And what I want to speak to you gentlemen about and continue this conversation on is I want to get your idea of what privilege is, where, what your relationship is with it, whether you feel under, over, perfectly privileged, whatever it is, and what you feel like you're doing with it. So just, I just want to talk about privilege for a moment. Uh, I would, I mean, to your point, I'm definitely one of those people that it changes depending on where I go. I'm privileged that like I work for a company that is driven by white women predominantly. And yet I'm in this corporate role working with them. Right. And then I can also go from that same spot to, walking through crown heights to my homie crib and looking like yo like yo who this dude walking blah blah blah. you know what i mean like yeah like walking through brooklyn like i forgot who it was i think it was like push it it was like yo i went from going seeing twenty thousand or seventy five thousand in cash to having dinner with obama yeah right so like being in the hood to then also being in the presidential sense in real life right so i think like to be able to go between those two worlds is my privilege, right? And to be able to speak that to somebody else, like, listen, I can be here with you and also be in this corporate office. Like, you can do this too, right? This is this is the privilege that I have, and I can show you how to get there if you listen to what I have to say. You know what I mean? Like, it, you too can do it. You know? Right. Yeah. I could definitely, uh, your sentiments exactly. Um, for me, I, I've always had this model, like, cool with the gangsters and with the hipsters kind of kind of feel because I, I've been able to navigate through both worlds not necessarily dual identities but literally I could speak to um, actually getting my hair cut in Hollis uh, and speaking to some dudes that I know who did like fed time stretches who dapped me up like because I was actually going with Maxwell to the White House like to, to speak to Obama and, and have dinner um, at the White House so like to be able to uh, kind of operate in a gray area has always been um, some kind of privilege for me because I know both sides of the coin. So I can go back to the other side and spit game to brothers and be like, listen, there's so much more for us as long as, you know, you just need a little bit of guidance and access to get there, but there's so much more for us. I used to, I used to have this, um, this, I used to call dudes from the hood engines because there's never want to leave the hood. Hmm. Get it? Like an engine. Engine stays under the hood. We got that oh. drum on okay. that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I used to be like, oh, these engines ain't trying to, you know what I mean? I swear, I used to call them engines. I'm like, yo, you ain't never going to leave the hood. Like, we had to change the mentality. I'm like, you can't live in this 50 mile radius yeah. of the world. And, um, but I think with, again, with, with being able to operate and navigate in that space like that, you, you can come back and you can give some game. And again, now you're adding to that level of privilege. Like you're taking the privilege that you have to be able to move and navigate in certain spaces and now bring that back to the people who need it the most so that they can see the same vision. Word. Yeah. I think seeing a higher value for yourself is always going to be a space of privilege. Um, and that's gotta be something that you almost have to be shown in some way, shape or form before you can really actualize that. So having knowing what the bottom is and knowing what the top is gives you a nice little bit of bandwidth to play in between. I'd say I don't know if I would identify privilege in every single sense. Um, for me, it, I wouldn't identify that advantage as privilege in every single sense. It's just a kind of like you said, an adaptation to these different circumstances. So in some spaces, being able to have 
a different type of dialect could be advantageous, but it also could be a liability at the same time. Every privilege kind of has that negative backspin to it in some way, shape, or form. There's a dual edge to the sword. And people are always going to try to make it seem as if, okay, this is how I'm interpreting this. This is an advantage. Well, what about how I feel? You know, and I can't be absent of my my agency inside that privileged space. So yeah. I would I would be cautious as to how I navigate and identify me having a advantage in certain spaces mm-hmm. because I would feel if I do have an advantage, there might be some merit to why that happens. Um, but say that all to say, understanding the duality of man in and of itself is a privilege that not a lot of people can look out at the world as. And I take it for what it is whenever it comes across. And these are the cards that I was dealt I'm going to make the best of it whenever I have. So sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. But Mm -hmm. regardless, I'm going to have the agency to kind of try to push through. But respect to what you're saying. Yo, shout out to Bicep Brooks over here. Came out in tank top. <laughs> Yo, tank you, season is upon us. I said, close your eyes. My man took his I whole took shirt the jacket off. jacket off, man. You got, you had, you just, I was feeling, I was picking up what you were putting down in a way, man. But, uh, you know, for real, I, I was. And I and like just to tap into what you're saying, too. I know I don't sometimes want to look at it as privilege, but it is It is what it is. And I, and I do, um, like you said, just try to you do, do the best with the hand you're dealt. At the end of the day, and I and I think we all need to understand that no no matter your 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 level of classism that you cater to or your your financial level or any of those things that you especially because I'm I'm big on I's like I'm voting for everybody. Don't get it twisted. I'm I want all human beings to win, and I'm voting for everybody. But I'm really voting for the black man right now. Like you you I'm voting for you if you're black right now, and I want you to know that you have. You have privilege of just your your ancestry, your the royalty in your blood. Um, so so own and identify that no matter what. If you fucking eating filet mignon and lobster, or if your ass is having peanut butter and jelly every day, celebrate the fact that you come from a bloodline of kings and queens. Straight like that. Yo, that that reminds me of a thing. I had a conversation with one of my clients actually yesterday. Um, shout out to Niambi, and um, we were talking about um Nigerian custom of pouring out what you were drinking, like at a party at certain events, you like pour out what you're drinking for your ancestors. And then, you know, that carries out to the hood, you know, pouring out a little, little drink for the homies who have fallen. And that idea, like that concept of like making, acknowledging like where your ancestors and the forefathers and the people before you have come and then keeping your eye on where you're going forward and balancing yourself between those things is a huge perspective for me. Like seeing what people had to go to to allow me to be here, you know, and that's that's what I mean by privileges. I didn't have to earn some of the things that I have. A lot of the things I have, I did earn. A lot of things I had, I struggled for. I built. I grind. I was grinding for. I put my sweat into. And never knock how much blood and sweat you put into where you've established and where you've gotten. But there are some things, and they may be minuscule. And for me, there are a few. And for other people, it's different because everybody's level of unacknowledged and natural privileges at a different place. But for me, I always look back to what my parents did to get me in the position to be able to have the resources I have, to get the level of education I had, to have the family upbringing I have, and to have the freedom to decide to be the person that I am. Mm -hmm. My parents gave me the ability, and I didn't have some of the strife that a lot of people have dealt with. So I was able to look at life from a different lens than a lot of people were able to. So I consider that that's when, when I talk about privilege, just to clarify, that's the privilege I'm speaking of. I'm speaking of the ability to be able to look at things from a different concept because my day wasn't involved in whether or not I have to, whether or not I'm going to eat or focusing on my own personal safety. I was always safe. I put myself in unsafe situations to feel like I was tough enough, but I was completely safe. And those things for me were a privilege. And then obviously all the other things that I mentioned. Doubt. Word. Right on, man. Thank you for that mind sex. Guys, you got anything else you want to hit the people with before we dip up out of here? April 12th. Hell yeah. Don't Coming you, back around. Don't you forget it. We're going to keep this stimulating conversation going. It's going to be including the key topics of ownership in each stage of your creative development. The importance of cultural currency, another reoccurring thing that we touch down on every single week. Network for your net worth and what is life after training. Can't wait to see what everybody is there. And um, I don't know if you guys have been to other panelist shows and conversations. You know, um, if you're here and you're a fan of the Off the Strength Collective, crowd participation is strongly encouraged. Uh, 
we touch on these mics with the MC mentality, so we try to move the crowd. Don't be in there staunch and not moving and not being a part of this. We want an active basis to be out here. The, the true massive come out and speak with us <laughs> as we come through. Pull up. Hell yeah. Once again, folks, it's been another great episode of Off the Strength. I'm a trainer called Tony. TB. You're a trainer, Corey. K.R. Jones. Peace and much love. Until next time, we'll see you soon. On the 12th. Peace. Love, peace. <laughs>